Gilman Scholars, this is your captain speaking. Get ready for takeoff. Hello and Happy New Year from the A. Gilman Podcast. It feels so good to be back. For those of you who are new, my name is Sarah Murray. And for those returning listeners, thanks for joining us once again. It is officially 2021, and I want to hear what some of your New Year's resolutions are and what you're excited to hear about from the Aegilin podcast this year. So don't forget to just pause this episode, drop us a review, and then come right back. I am super excited to hear from all of you. This year is extra special for numerous reasons, but for the Gilman program specifically, this January marks the official 20th anniversary of the Gilman International Scholarship Program. Since 2001, Gilman has become a prestigious household name that has given over 30,000 students the chance to find themselves and their personal stories on international exchange. It is now my pleasure to introduce one of the first ever Gilman Scholarship recipients who has made his living from developing the stories of famous brands, a number of ocean conservation nonprofits, and many more. Scholarship recipient Josh Barry. Welcome to the podcast, Josh. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm a filmmaker, writer, and producer. I am currently raising a baby girl, which is the best thing that's ever happened to me. Um, I am originally a product of the California Community College System, and I transferred into UC Berkeley from there. And I received the Gilman Scholarship in 2001, 2002, to spend a semester abroad at the University of Chile in Santiago, Chile. Um, I studied geography and history there and first started to dabble in documentary film when I was in Chile. And uh, without, I couldn't have done any of the work that I started doing uh, without the Goldman Scholarship. It really provided me with kind of the original inspiration and funding to do some of the work that I have loved doing now for the past 20 years. So it's an honor to be here talking with you. It's an honor to have you. And I'm excited to dive even more into your practices of filmmaking, photography, writing, and so forth. But first and foremost, like we've already said, you were one of the first students ever to receive a Gilman Scholarship back in 2002, so nearly 20 years ago. Um, and I'm, I'm sure that the knowledge and practicing of study abroad, I'm guessing, looked a little different back then. So could you tell me, how did you even find out about a scholarship that was only a year old when you applied? And how did you access information about study abroad? How accessible was it? How popular was that as a practice during your time in undergrad? The whole enchilada. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was a very different world back then. So I I found out about the Gilman scholarship in the summer of 2001 and that was when the internet was barely alive. <laughs> um we didn't use the internet for anything having to do with classwork or schoolwork or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So we did all of our research and preparation and everything through writing, researching in the library, talking to fellow students, talking to teachers. It was a lot of analog work. Mm -hmm. And so I found out about the Gilman Scholarship through the director of our 
education abroad program at UC Berkeley. Um, so I was having a hard time wrapping my head around how I was going to finance a semester abroad. And she told me about this new scholarship. And so I applied with a printed out written paper application. <gasps> really? We used to do those? <laughs> so I just did a ton of research, learning about the options for scholarships available. And it was all just analog in the library, in an office, reading printed material. Well, times have definitely changed in some regard, but to this day, a lot of Gilman applicants, they have all heard, most of them have heard about the program through study abroad advisors at their institution. So that was your main way of learning about the Gilman Scholarship, what, 20, almost 20 years ago? And that is actually still true to this day. So it really speaks to the power again of uh, passing information along in that format, even though, yes, Gilman has a website and more now for information, but it's interesting that that's still a commonality to this day. As you've already mentioned, you talked about your studies in Chile, as well as your early life immersed in the coastal wilderness of Northern California, really inspiring your career in film. Were there any parallels you can recall between your early life in California, as well as your time in Chile that you discovered while abroad? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, first of all, Chile is like a version of Cal of coastal California from 50 years ago. Oh, wow. um, it looks very, very similar to coastal California. It's got these beautiful kind of green hills and mountains and this very rugged wild coastline. <laughs> so physically and geographically, Chile is very similar to California. So that felt like home going to Chile really wasn't a big exotic step Mm -hmm. physically. Um, of course, it was an extremely different culture. Sure. But I think, you know, the, the Latino influence in California is very, very strong and very, very mm -hmm. prevalent. And so I really, it wasn't a big stretch going to Chile. I think the, the hardest part was just a, a Latin culture that's very different from what is in Chile or from what's in California in terms of um, the history and what drives the soul of that nation. It's, uh, it's a really, really interesting place. But, you know, I spent a lot of time just researching, reading about South American history, reading about South American and Chilean culture, um, because I really, really valued knowing as much as I could about that place before I got there. And I think you're also just speaking to a great example of how important it is to really prepare yourself so that you are aware, but also are in the correct mindset to then fully immerse yourself in a culture that you have properly prepared yourself to acclimate to and be able to appreciate in appropriate manner. So that's a great example of really preparing yourself, some by coincidence of just being from California, um, but then also taking that extra step to also fully prepare and research before you fully went abroad to appreciate another country and their practices. Yeah, absolutely. We are, we are very, very privileged to be able to go to an, mm -hmm. another country and study there. And I think with that privilege comes a big responsibility to really understand where you're going and 
how you get there and what you're doing there. And I think that's a really big part of storytelling for me as well, is understanding myself, understanding where I'm at and where I'm coming from. And if I'm telling anyone's story, I'm always trying to understand as much as I can first about who they are and where they're mm-hmm. coming from and where they're going. I think these are very, very important things to tell a great story. 100%. And I and a big part of really fully taking advantage of one's time abroad is also taking the time within oneself to understand that responsibility that you have while traveling abroad in order for you to fully immerse yourself. It's also a matter of taking responsibilities for being knowledgeable and respectful on your own part. Uh, and really, and, and with that being said, when you are fully prepared and you are also simultaneously being able to be a responsible global citizen, um, it really helps you to give you the full opportunity to use traveling to discover more about yourself. And you even said that finding out more about yourself during your time abroad can maybe even involve exploring life paths that may seem like dead ends. Um, Is this how you kind of came about discovering your passions for storytelling through film, writing, and even photography? Yeah, I think it's really, really important. If you want to do great work, you have to fail and you have to pursue paths that might be a dead end and not be turned off by that or not be, don't be afraid of that. I think it's really, really important to do great work and also to be innovative and to, to discover innovative things. You have to go down a lot of paths that are not going to deliver the results that you think you need or that you are expecting. Sure. Because failure is not easy, but I think failure and dead ends can often in the long run be much more rewarding. And they absolutely, for me, they, they, they teach me a lot more about myself. I think, Adversity and, and difficult paths um, are extremely educational. And in the long run, if you just follow the easy path or if you follow the path that you know is going to give you success, um, it's kind of like eating ice cream all the time. You can't, you can't live on the delicious <laughs> sweets of life always. You know, some- Debatable, though. I think I could live on ice cream for a little while. <laughs> No, but in essence, that was incredibly well said. And sometimes you need to challenge yourself and not be afraid of failure because that's also when you learn more about yourself and become more comfortable with the idea of failure. And that's when your story can really develop. Um, But I guess with you saying before that your time abroad in Chile helped to really identify for yourself your interests and love for film, how would you describe your sort of path to realizing that that was what you wanted to pursue as a career? Yeah, well, I've always loved writing. I've, I've always considered myself a writer. And as I developed into a better, better and writer, writer, I kind of started to understand that I was a storyteller. And so I really started out as a writer that kind of evolved into storytelling. And then Interestingly enough, in my application for the Gilman Scholarship, I wrote about how I, was, I wanted to make a documentary film 
about my experience in Chile. And when I wrote that, I had no idea what I was talking about. And I had no idea what I I really (laughs) actually wanted to do. I just, I just knew that I wanted to to do some type of documentary film project. And lo and behold, five years later, I actually produced and wrote my first documentary film in Chile. And that went on to a bunch of different film festivals all over the world. And I kind of launched my, my path as a filmmaker. Um, and, and that all started That's with incredible. the Gilman Scholarship application. So, wow. Yeah. So That's I amazing. Ultimately, with storytelling and film and writing and photography and everything, all of that stuff for me is mm-hmm. really ultimately just about understanding whatever my subject is. Um, my, my latest project is a film about a man who swims with great white sharks and has these really amazing underwater encounters with great white sharks. Um, and he's been doing it in California for oh. over 20 years. And um, so that project and m- most of my projects are just about like really amazing individuals and kind of what drives them beneath the surface, so to speak. Quite literally you know? in the case of this guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I really, I really like to tell stories about people that, you know, it's like they have a title and they have a, a persona, but then like what, what drives them and who are they beyond that on a deeper level? I mean, in essence, the idea of storytelling is also not entirely a new thing. I mean, it's really a universal language and one of the oldest even, I think you can argue with the practice of oral tradition being used to pass down ideas, culture, art, so on and so forth to younger generations. But what would you say makes storytelling through your, I guess I can call it like your dialects of choice being like film, writing and photography, what makes storytelling in those, in those forms so unique? Oh, that's a good question. Well, I, I totally agree, agree with you that storytelling is an ancient, ancient art form. Um, it's been around as long as homo sapiens maybe. have been around, <laughs> maybe even longer, you could argue. Um, I think for me, the, my, my, my ways of storytelling through film and writing, um, they're, they're the most creative forms. Like I often like mm. to think of myself as an artist. I just love, I love creative expression. Um, I love telling real stories. I don't, I don't, I'm not a big fan of fiction. I much prefer nonfiction and I much prefer telling real true stories. And then as you've obviously demonstrated already, storytelling is an incredibly useful and powerful skill. I mean, the best leaders are those who are able to tell engaging stories that resonate and connect with people a lot like what you do with your films. How would you, you know, how do you actually practice if one can being a good storyteller and you know, how exactly do you develop this as a skill? I'm a, I'm a voracious reader. So I just, I read everything I can. And if I'm doing a story, for example, a couple of years ago, I did a short film about a girl who was born without her left hand. 
and she became a professional BMX bike racer. And That's she, incredible. she designed and built her own prosthetic devices um, that she could use to ride a bike. Before I even sat down with her, I just did as much research as possible into bikes and the mechanics of prosthetic devices. And then I just tried to learn as much as I possibly could about anything that touched that subject before I even sat down with her. And then with a story that involves, you know, an individual is it's about, you know, it's showing and expressing who they truly are, really understanding their humanity and their place in the world. Cause we all, we all have a unique path and it's really, really interesting to me to tell a story by just showing that unique path as truthfully and as creatively as possible. And then what would you say for just an individual, you know, the average, the average Joe who wants to be able to, so to speak, sell themselves and engage with others based on who they are. And I guess aside from just simply living a life of taking risks and failing that makes it within itself a great story to tell, how does one go about using this skill of storytelling to really sell themselves? Yeah, I I think again, I'm, uh, more more than anything, it's about living a really interesting life. You know, being being courageous and being adventurous and really just living, following the path that you feel totally compelled to follow. Um, if you are that interesting story, then the story ultimately tells itself. And then in terms of your question about like how to actually tell your story, I think you have to really hone it through, through work, like, you know, write down your story and look at it from lots of different angles and just continue honing it. So it's, it's not a matter of like, oh, I have this story in my head and I can write it down and that's me. It's a matter of you do that and then you set it aside and then you come back to it and you rewrite it and you rethink it um, and just develop it. I mean, that makes sense to me. Thanks so much for sharing your insight there. Um, and you've spoken already to the process that you go about for creating these documentaries. But you've also worked with some really influential, much larger corporations and brands that are across drastically different industries. So Mm -hmm. I'm really curious to know, how is your approach different when you are creating and selling the stories of these massively large brands Mm -hmm. that have existed for several years? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think one thing I've learned in working with these really big companies from all these different industries is that there's a lot of noise when you when you enter that company as a storyteller you i am hearing lots of information and it can get extremely complicated very quickly it's like i'm hearing from executives i'm hearing from marketers um pr people vice presidents of this vice presidents of that, the senior director so of this, the the HR. Oh my gosh. <laughs> there are so many, so many cooks in the kitchen and they're all often, they're all saying different oh things. 
the big challenge is taking all that noise and turning it into a simple, interesting story. So I think you don't need to include everything. And that often means making hard decisions. You know, you can't always include items one through 20. Sometimes you can only include items one, two, and three. And ultimately, if you're successful at doing that, a simple story is so much more powerful than a story that's watered down with lots of different information. And maybe um, even more memorable too. Absolutely. A, a great story is not about including everything. A great story is about including what's really, really important and what matters. Identifying, I guess, the core of what this brand has meant to its consumers for however long it's existed. <laughs> exactly. Absolutely. Thanks for breaking that down for us. And then I'm sure you're aware because you, you know, you were one of the first people to ever receive a Gilman scholarship, but you know, the Gilman team um, over the past several years has been able to substantially grow the program as well as its opportunities. And they've really only, the scholarship itself, I should say, has really only evolved from its original assumption in 2001. And for listeners, uh, a, a little bit of background for you all. I gave Josh a little bit of homework, dare I say, before we sat down to chat today. And I wanted to ask him and tell us now, if Gilman was your client, Josh, what would you identify as the core of the scholarship story and history? And what would you then put together to sell to consumers and future applicants about what Gilman has and what Gilman has been and what it's going to be in the future? Yeah, so I think ultimately this is something I realized about the Gilman Scholarship was that ultimately the Gilman Scholarship is it's a cultural exchange in which each individual Gilman Scholarship or sorry, each individual Gilman Scholar is a representative of the United States. And exchange of perspectives and ultimately that leads to peace and goodwill mm -hmm. on planet earth <laughs> so as a storyteller i would focus on telling individual stories of each individual gilman scholar and then what they do and how who they are influences the country they go to and how that country influences them back in the United States. I love that vision. I love that approach, Josh. That seems precisely what Gilman as a program and at least definitely internally within the team that I have the pleasure of being a part of. That's what we think about every single day in terms of the value of the students who are selected ultimately to represent Gilman because they are in turn, like you just said, are representing America and just increasingly helping the global world to become a lot smaller through our ability through technology and scholarships like Gilman to have intimate encounters with people from all different cultures all over the world. Well, Josh, I'm sorry to say, but that is all the time that we have for this episode, but it has truly been such a pleasure to hear about your 
expertise in storytelling, how you have developed your own, where you see yourself going forward in the future, and how you would hypothetically work with Gilman to tell our story. Um, But before I let you go, I did want to ask you, as I have all other guests we've had on the podcast, um, what is a dream travel destination or international experience that you'd like to have in the future? Yeah, I thought about that a lot. It's really hard to, (laughs) to whittle it down to one thing, but I think I would do a very remote overland adventure throughout Siberia and remote Alaska. I can only imagine. I hope you are able to go on that adventure um, sometime in the the near future. And then um, are you comfortable sharing a way for our listeners to get in contact with you after the episode airs? Yeah, sure. I have a website. It's www.byjoshberry.com. That's by like B-Y, joshberry.com. And there's a contact uh, form on there. Thank you, Josh, for helping me kick off Gilman's 20th anniversary. And listeners, stay tuned for our next episode launching February 1st. Till next time.